0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fidus Club. This is episode seventy-three B, to follow up to the Brexit episode where we're going to be talking to someone from the Leave camp. Ooh, excited! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Filius Club. This is a a kind of a bonus episode that's a follow-up to the one we just had a a couple of weeks ago. We discussed the Brexit quite extensively, and um, a few of you... I'm going to introduce my guest in a a couple of minutes, but before I do, I'd like to explain what we're going to try and achieve with this episode. Um, So a few people uh, noted rightfully so, I think, that we were very one-sided on on the uh, previous episode. And um, I don't think we represented the views of the leavers camp um, quite (laughs) at all. Uh, And I was expecting to get some reactions and some um, negative reactions. And Certainly, there were a couple of people who sent the kind of emails that I was expecting, which were a little bit too angry for me to um, react to rationally. But the vast majority of people uh, came to the who responded uh, on Twitter or on the site or elsewhere uh, were, I will admit, that's a fault on my on my part. I think, but were surprisingly collected. And surprisingly constructive, and and saying that they were disappointed in the fact that we didn't have a, a, a levers view, and that uh, you know they appreciate the show, they appreciate what we did, uh, but they would have liked to have some the the other side's uh, opinion. Even though I, I do think that I tried to play that um, not devil's advocate. That's derog- derogatory, but the the other side uh, uh, arguments clearly I don't personally um believe it was the right choice to to leave the eu so it 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 wasn't genuine so i think that's pretty clear um it it, the other issue i think was uh the characterization we we did of the leavers camp um as and and gita was very emotional and she described uh the camp as uh, mostly racist which I want to say up front, I really think that there is some xenophobia at play in some of the people who voted there, just like some protest votes throughout Europe are, you know, going to the right wing parties and being fueled by some xenophobia. So I don't want to say I I think that's a visible element of it. And I'm sure some of the people voting leave uh, are uh, represented in the views we expressed. Uh, But a lot of people, as I said, did uh want to express the fact that it was it didn't represent everyone and and in their views it didn't represent them at all. Um and I thought I think that's a fair assessment and uh so I went ahead and made a little bit more of an effort uh, to try and get people. I contacted a number of people and I have to tell you it's hard to get people uh maybe specifically in that issue um to come on the show and and discuss this. So I asked a bunch of them, and I, no, I'm, I'm not trying to fault anyone. I think it's a very difficult thing to come on a show and speak publicly, especially about a topic that is as hotly debated about as, as this one. Um, but yeah, I just want to say that it's, it's not easy. However, thankfully, and uh, thank you for waiting so patiently, Hayden, thankfully Hayden... Uh, said that he would be uh, uh, okay with coming on the show and explaining uh, what in his view was a a lot of the reasons for people voting uh, leave. So that's the point where I introduce the guest. Uh, Hayden, uh, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's a bit nerve wracking, but I'll uh, I'll do my best to put a, a side across that is slightly different to what we heard before.
0: Yeah it's no I'm really thankful that you're willing to do it because I I completely understand it's not an easy exercise I mean the people who are on the show usually are are people who are used to speaking publicly used to podcasting all of this so it's not it's not easy so really for from like very sincerely i want to thank you for this um the other thing i want to say before we start talking about the brexit thing specifically is you're sort of in a in a peculiar situation because you don't live in the uk and you haven't lived in the uk for a while right
1: correct 5 years now so i think you know, in that I in
0: yeah in that sense uh you're you're kind of this is the first challenge to the image that we have about uh the, the brexit voters the leavers let's call them the leavers um yeah. you're you you have an international background highly educated i'm or you know you're 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 definitely not the the um image that we have of poor countryside older uh people so can you tell us a little bit about yourself so not too much but uh, so so people know where you're coming from where you are who you are
1: Sure. So I'm, uh, I currently from the uh, originally from the UK. Um, I've worked in New York, and I currently live in Singapore. I've been living for five years with my family. Um, we moved out here for my job, which is in IT and uh, working for for the bank in banks.
0: So you're, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, that's fine. Um, so you really have an an almost like a collected. Opinion on this, and you're you were telling me you're clearly on the leave side of the issue. Uh, you mentioned you didn't vote because you felt like it wasn't, you know, you're not planning on going back to the UK, uh so it wouldn't have been fair, I guess, um, for you to Correct. cast a vote there. Correct. Which I think is an, an admirable um, uh, way to, yeah. to do it.
1: Well, yeah, so we uh, we like Singapore. We got no intention of returning to the UK, so for me to make a vote on something that affects the UK in the way it's going, in the way it will, I didn't particularly think that'd be, I know my one vote wouldn't have swayed it, but I I didn't think it would be right to vote on something that me or my children may have no, may have no impact on regardless of my personal opinion on the matter.
0: Right. And, and just to be clear, I mean, uh, you're living in Singapore, but you're very much involved in, uh, you know, you, you, follow the news you speak with people you have family in the uk so it's not like you're completely removed from the situation we're gonna talk about the actual issues and your the the actual views hopefully of of how you see the issue of of uh, the left the the leaving of the eu um so all right let's dive into it uh i i guess i'm gonna ask a few questions and feel free to expand as much as you want but uh the simplest one, the easiest one, is you don't feel that we represented uh, at least your views, and as I said, many people said that in uh, reasoning in in wanting to leave the EU. So, what was your your views, your reasoning, your your reasons?
1: Well, I thought that the began after the after the vote was that it was all about immigration, and that was the primary primary issue Um, I don't believe that's the case I'm not saying it wasn't an issue it was but I think sovereignty is was the biggest thing for most people who voted leave now that's admittedly from a lot of personal anecdotes but this is something that uh, back when I was a bit of a politics geek when I was 15 or 16 to be about 92 um, you know this that was the issue then uh, regarding the EU and that's the issue that whenever the EU has come up has been the main thing that people have talked about ever since, from my you know, that's my circle of that's my world, my circle. Um, but my circle, I think, is reasonably broad. Um, so I was, you know, I was brought up in what would be called a working class um, in a working class background. Like my was a builder, my mother was a secretary. Um, so I've you know, I've heard from that aspect. I now work in I said in banking with highly educated people. I know, mean, maybe more educated than myself. Um, you know, so I've heard that viewpoint, which is highly skewed the other way. Um, my personal view regarding the EU is a sovereignty issue. Uh, I believe that the UK, being part of the EU, loses some of its sovereignty. So, you know, its voting rights are di- over issues that affect it are diluted. Um, like, I think it's about seventeen percent, say, in, in in the direction of the EU in terms of voting. Um, you know the various rules and regulations that are put in place may not be the best for the UK. It may be good for Europe as a the EU as a whole, but they won't necessarily be good for the UK. And I am of the opinion that taking back that sovereignty that's been uh, that's been pulled of the EU will allow the UK to be more flexible and responsive to its own needs rather than the the needs of the EU.
0: So this is. One of the things that I honestly don't really understand—I uh, I mean, the sovereignty specifically—it's just an issue. There are lots of, of uh, in lots of ways, every country in Europe is making uh, you know a lot, a lot of its own decisions. There is some respects in which the EU supersedes it but my impression is that it mostly has to do with the single market and the single market includes the the. it's not just that but the main problem that is pointed uh, to when uh, so actually let me tell you uh, and I don't know if you've seen it but I've watched the Brexit movie uh, on YouTube which is kind of ridiculous uh it's kind of a youtubers conspiracy uh uh you know they're all out to. have you seen the brexit movie on youtube
1: i have not no okay I, it's not something i
0: because the the it might be just a, a very small minority of people that think like that but it, it it self-aggrandizes the uk and talks about how in the modern world it the um the the sovereignty it talks about sovereignty a lot but sovereignty has been taken away from what was the great british empire and if only we weren't part of the eu we could be so much greater and we could go back to what that forgotten time when we were actually awesome when now we have issues here there and there's this ridiculous uh uh long list of regulations for your pillows and for your coffee and for your you know these kinds of things i i, I don't understand how getting out of the 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 you know what would that sovereignty bring back maybe because you don't even have the the common uh currency so even the the fiscal the the, the monetary policy you can do independently as opposed to the other countries in the eu you have the most the most exceptions from the EU rules already how would that all of a sudden make it how much do you think it would make it better and would it outweigh the benefits that you're getting from the eu i mean clearly you think it does but i don't understand how sovereignty is such a an important uh uh sorry i'm sort of rambling already i feel it's been blown out of proportion don't Clearly you don't, but what would it make better?
1: Well, there are certain things that, you know, the, U- the UK, I think any country, but I speak just from the UK, any country needs, in my opinion, to be able to make the decisions. So in a democracy, I believe that the, the electorate should be, uh, the, the politicians should be directly people. Um, the EU dilutes that. So... So the UK for instance there are certain rules that you know have been agreed upon the UK being part of the agreement process um, that that don't benefit the UK so for instance not being able to make its own trade agreements outside the EU um, that to me is a valuable thing I think the Asia is a growing part of world GDP compared to the EU which is a shrinking uh, component of uh, shrinking uh, in terms of global global GDP um, so I don't Think I think being able to look to the rest of the world and trade with the rest of the world on agreements that uh, you know the UK would get for the, their own benefit as best they could, rather than being part of a collective trade agreement, uh, that sort of sovereignty, being able to choose how and when you trade with who, you, what, who you want and when you want, is lost by being part of the EU. All
0: right, I think that's that's fair. Um, but wouldn't you be able to say this about pretty much any? type of of common organization I mean if when the u k they the the people in i don't know London could say well, we're our democra democratic representation is being diluted by being uh part of the of of England or people in northern England could say we don't want to be part of England because our democracy is not as strong. Because other people who are not living here are telling us what to do. Actually, the you know the, the the uh Scotland is saying bugger off. We don't want to be part of this. And it's it's sort of difficult to to um reconcile this idea that on a theoretical level, if you take everything out of the conversation Yes, taking, uh, being part of a union is going to take away some of your uh, uh, direct accountability and influence over the entire union. But that's the same for every uh, uh, type of union. It's, I agree. Yeah. So, what makes. I agree it, with that.
1: Yeah. So, so, I, so, with regards to Scotland, I, you know, I think I'm personally a proponent of uh, decentralization. So, if Scotland feel they'd be better. As a a, you know, as a country in their own right, then I'm in favour of Scotland leaving the United Kingdom. It's not something that's a pressing you know pressing issue to me. I think people should be able to you know self-determine as much as possible. But that's that's that's
0: enormous. That's huge. Like you would, I I, this is again this is an emotional thing, but you would be okay with (laughs) the UK dislocating, complete like like breaking apart
1: for this. Personally, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I don't think that's the mm. most. Elite. People wouldn't want that. But personally, if Scotland felt they wanted, you know, to to be independent, I wouldn't. I don't think you know the anyone else has a right to stand in the way. Stand in their way. All right. So let's Which push is, it yeah, to,
0: yeah, the extreme, yeah. then, to the extreme then, to to the absurd extreme. What if London <laughs> said? And 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 this is just I'm I'm teasing you, but what if London? There's said, already referendum. Yeah, There's but I don't think. I, uh, I mean, clearly, it. No, it it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere. But um, and by the way, Theresa May, who's been uh, uh, sweared who's the new prime minister, has done a really great job in her last speech of saying, "All right, I wasn't for it, but now it's going to happen. The Brexit is going to happen. Brexit means Brexit, and we're going to try and do the best we can for this. And now is the time to unite the country, and we're going to be a strong country. And I think it was a great great speech um so but however if london wanted to leave i mean in france we have the same issues with some independence and obviously in spain they have some independence it makes the the unions a lot weaker and if london wanted to say well we didn't want to leave we're going to form our own country again this is absurd but how
1: would you I react to that <laughs> Well, to be consistent, I'd say fair enough. I don't think that would ever happen. You know, I, 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 I don't. It's not something I actually imagine would they would actually want to do. But you know, to be con- truly consistent, which I hopefully I am, if the London want to split off or Wales on to split off, they can do. It. I don't think it would go that far. Mm. You know, I, I think I, I, I personally believe smaller. You know, to I don't. I don't know the, the the correct size. I'm not. You know, I'm not claiming to know the correct size, but smaller. Smaller countries are more nimble and better able to com- you know, better able to compete in terms of what they can do to attract business. So, for instance, use their tax system. So, you know, so if if Scotland want to break off and, and run, their, run their country a different way, and then you know, and have lower tax to encourage, well, Ireland did with their corporation tax, or the UK constantly does with its tax to try and you know bring people in, uh, bring bring business in, or Singapore does, or Hong Kong does. These these small countries that really the- have nothing very well. Yeah. yeah and then you've got the UK which has a lot more and could possibly you know, I don't I don't pretend to see the future but you know there's no reason the UK I don't think couldn't couldn't do well there won't be there wouldn't be pain from There wouldn't there will be pain from leaving the EU but in the long term I don't I believe that will that the, the UK will benefit as a whole
0: Okay um so yeah hmm I the 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 Ireland that you're talking about is part of the EU and they do have yes. uh, leverage on you know they can decide what they do with their taxes so you don't have to be to exit it to to have that kind of uh, of influence on the way you run no. your your country uh, so I guess no I agree,
1: but there's, hmm. so but there's other things you know VAT is a, is a, is a small example there are there are bands where VAT cannot be you know put below a certain threshold to. EU rules, I think I believe it's 15% is the lowest it can be taken, you know, the UK could if it wants to abolish that, you know, if it, outside of the, uh, and, and that, for instance, will give it, a, a, you know, in terms of if we want to boost consumption spending in the UK to boost the economy, then that's what you want to do. I'm not saying that the UK will do these things, but it can't do these things in the EU, and uh, you know, there's certain, certain rules it has to follow that make it less flexible,
0: all right, I guess it's fair, I mean, it's it's very clear that um obviously it's absolutely obvious if the UK was outside of the EU it would have it would have more power on deciding what it wants to do with its regulations, laws, taxes, all of this. That I'm I'm if we bring it down to the basic level, it's very hard to deny. I think what what makes it difficult to um to understand is that it's very obvious for everyone who is not voting leave who who didn't vote leave that you're still better off with staying in that union and the benefits from it are a lot larger from than the the the, the benefits that you have from being alone and the biggest benefit of all which i think has been discussed at length is the this thing we were talking about the single market the free market in in the eu um There's a lot of people who are saying you can't be part of the um, EU if you are not, I mean, part of the single market, if you don't have free movement of goods and services and people. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, it comes back to the question of, of immigration, I think, in a way, but... Is that something that is that you would like to have more regulated? The the restricting the free movement of people because everyone I think wants the free movement of goods and, and services. I'm guessing you you want that too, right? Or maybe you don't.
1: Me personally, I don't. I don't want a restriction on immigration. That's not. I I understand how I benefit from uh, from immigration from wherever. Uh, a number of people don't, and I understand how they don't benefit and how it works against them. Um, and I understand on a national level, the freedom of people will make the country net richer. But that 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 where uh, additional wealth is highly skewed. It's not evenly disputed uh, between you know the the citizens of the UK. It tends to go to the as it, you know the the well educated uh, you know the the London's the Manchester's the places that basically voted Remain. Um, the whereas the low skilled poorly educated, cannot compete with a skilled, productive European citizen who comes in to, you know, to, to be given a job, yeah, not mm. to, be, to, yeah, to take, take a job. So there's no way that you – know, that, that's not the EU's fault. The fact that there's a low-skilled population in the UK has nothing to do with the EU. That's to do with successive governments for the past however many years. But that doesn't stop the fact that at this moment in time, there are a whole swathe of people – who are low skilled and cannot compete with a highly skilled, you know, the, the relatively higher skilled, uh, educated European citizen who can come in and, and will happy, happily work for, you know, say say the not not everyone most most work for a higher than minimum wage, but you know if you, you do have people who can come in and take a minimum wage job or do a minimum wage job, um, and these people cannot compete even if they would agree to work for minimum wage. There's no way they can compete because they're not as highly, they're not as skilled, they're not as valuable, productive worker. Okay. So, so, so,
0: a- so the people, those people who voted for whom immigration, we're trying to to talk about things that are you know outside of your your specific opinions, but those people who voted leave because they thought maybe they're you know they don't have to be racists. I'm not saying they're xenophobic, but they're seeing i think that's something we mentioned they're seeing people come in and and work do the same work they do maybe better for a lower pay um i think for them immigration would be an issue would be something they would yes. like to control more right so oh, do you think agree. yeah so do you think they're going to be able to to get that because again there's no way europe is going to say all right that's fine you can have free movement of goods and services but people they're going to be stopped at the at the uh, border I don't think they're ever going to get what they wanted they when they voted leave, are they or am I misrepresenting this situation
1: no i don't think i i, I don't anything's possible right any in the negotiations anything can happen politicians will will bend as yet yeah, bend to what they need to do to stay in power but the I can't see a situation where the u k gets full access to the single market and uh, with without freedom of movement i can't I can't see that i'm you know that would be that would undermine the EU, I think, too much. I don't think that. Um,
0: all right. So, given that, sorry, if you want to okay,
1: go for it, uh, given no, that sure.
0: th- there's, there's been a lot of discussions in last episode as well about the deception of the campaign, the, the leave campaign. Um, and I'm sure you know people have been saying there was lying on both camps and that's what led me to to the conclusion that the problem is how to make reality matter how to make what is actually true have any kind of importance when everyone's just saying whatever they want and and the truth doesn't doesn't hold sway over um what people say because in this case i think we both agree it's very 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 unlikely that immigration is going to become uh Regulate controlled by the UK, uh, and that was one of the messages that was, you know, that was uh, uh, put forward by the um, by the the leave camp. And I'm it, it feels like the a lot of the people who went and voted were deceived, were simply deceived. Is that is that true or
1: well there was deception yes both sides were guilty of it in my opinion um i i, I don't actually think the eu is going to get access to the single market i think the immigration thing will override and they will not accept the uk the uh, single market the uk sorry the uk will take i don't they they won't i think the immigration thing will have to be part of what they what their uh negotiate what they can can control Mm -hmm. and they they need to be able to control it now if they can't negotiate that with the eu i'm i think something will come along i don't know what but you know i've no idea but i wouldn't but it also wouldn't surprise me if they didn't get full access to the single market primarily so they can control the immigration so you think i don't don't know sure that's personal opinion
0: yeah no no clearly because that's something i hadn't really considered i thought the, the the single market is so important that the And the EU is not going to cave. And so the UK, I I don't see how the UK could exit the single market. I mean, clearly the the Germans and many others are selling lots in the UK. But so you're thinking it's possible that they're going to do what they were saying, which is negotiate trade deals individually, maybe even with EU countries.
1: Well, I'd... I'd I don't know. I think they'd have to negotiate with the EU, wouldn't they? They couldn't do it with the, the individual EU countries. I don't think that would be allowed. But Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. In the worst case scenario, if the UK just ends up going to the World Trade Organization um, level of tariffs, then the amount that the UK... uh Sort of makes Queen in inverted commas from you in terms of its contribution actually nets out. So the I think the cost of the UK, the, the cost of to the UK in tariffs is basically the same amount as the UK pays into the single market. So net net, the worst case scenario of just going out having no no direct access to the single market and being being outside, there'd be no direct financial difference. I'm sure there'd be other issues in terms of being outside the you know the the so the non-monetary issues are the ones you can't put to well but in terms of net numbers it wouldn't be worse off financially but i don't think it'll go to the worst case i don't know what the middle ground will be but i would given that the that the uk is in the and it's not actually a good position financially to be in in that we import more than we export it's just not a good not a good thing for the country to be in anyway but given that is the situation it wouldn't be rational, I don't feel, for the EU to basically add tariffs that price the UK out of buying their goods. Now, maybe they will out of either emotion or just because it's the way the EU's got to be kept together. You know, that maybe maybe the price of holding the EU together would be to Germany and I think France to make an
0: example so, out of. The UK.
1: Yes. Somehow. So there's other, there's other, yeah. So if it's something to an good example, that's that situation where maybe, you know, but if it's a rational situation, given that, yeah, given that one of the main claims of the Remain side has been the rational way they've looked at things, I would assume that in a rational world, the Germans and the French are not going to cut their nose off to spite their face. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe an example will have to be made out of the UK to stop other countries getting any ideas of leaving the EU. But from a rational perspective, it wouldn't make sense. It will cost, you know, cost Germany money, it cost the EU money, and given that the EU is going to be, whatever the amount uh, the UK pays in, worse off, but that would only make things
0: worse. But then, if you, if you, yeah, okay. I was going to talk about regulations and say that if you want to buy and sell from the single market, then you're going to be subject to the same regulations anyway because you can't sell something without having it. You know, up to the standards of the regulations that apply in the EU. And I don't think people are gonna manufacture two types of products, one for the UK and one from for the EU when they're in the UK. That wouldn't well, make sense.
1: I, I wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't agree okay. with that. See, the UK deals with the US and has to meet their regulations when it's selling into the US and there's no trade agreement there. So and the example one example I could think of where people will manufacture for two different markets is in cars, left hand side or right hand drive cars, you know, there are yeah, the companies will do it if they're going to make a profit out of it. If they're not going to make money out of it, they won't do it. But it to be made how they're going to, it's worth doing. So mm. I don't believe that they're going to, suddenly going to close the, the market down to the EU because we don't, you know, we don't have a standardized set of regulations on certain goods. I guess
0: so the, the other UK, benefit in
1: terms, of, yeah. in terms of regulations as well, like currently the, the UK companies, even if they've got minimal exports to the euro to eu sorry they still have to follow the regulations even though they may be selling the majority of their goods to asia us africa wherever outside of that you know if if, if, a, if a company thinks it isn't worth their it isn't financially worth their while to follow these regulations because the the profit is too small in the eu they can not do that anymore cut down on whatever regulations they're having to follow and maybe you know improve the yeah, drop the cost of the goods they're creating and export them maybe even more, you know, the the, the lower the cost of the goods, the more they're going to sell. So maybe the rest of the world will suck up the difference. Mm. If it, you know, if it costs them less. Okay. Again, I don't, I don't yeah, no, nobody knows for sure what the world's going to be like in five years time. You know, both sides, neither side did. Um, there are many, we can all, everyone can project about what they think will happen. and It will all come from a certain, a certain bias. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't you know, think, I don't think,
0: no, I I just want to say it is I vehemently disagree with everything you're saying. But but I I have to I have to admit as much as it pains me, I don't think it's I don't think you're right, but I think it does make sense. It's not like you're you're this is the and and that's probably a good thing. This is not the the image that has been projected to me of the levers that I don't even understand how it's possible that you would think that. What I'm, I'm getting from you is somebody that I disagree with, but that we can have a conversation about why I think that's not the case and why they don't think that what I'm saying is the case. So already, you know, we're nearing the end of the thing, but I really want to thank you for that because it's it's kind of a... Uh, an educational experience for me um but i also want to talk about the leaders of the leavers camp who have been again in my emotional reaction scandalously outrageously abandoning ship in the past couple of weeks and it really feels to me like they are they're saying oh we used this argument for political gain we never thought it was going to go through now you know we don't want to be the ones that actually do it because we didn't believe in it from the start so toodaloo, have fun with the mess goodbye i'm going back to the countryside um so that's my reaction as a remain proponent <laughs> as a leavers do, do you think there's some of that or how do you how did you uh uh you know take the news of, of farage and johnson basically not going for the prime ministership
1: well Farage couldn't have gone for the prime ministership he's not, right. of the he's not part. i guess he's not
0: part of the of the party but yeah just just leave it now was his time to actually go ahead and make his party matter but anyway
1: go ahead but, uh, he, he nigel Farage is as i'm sure you're aware massively despised in the uk by a large segment of people and probably more so than any by a conservative party who are in power there is no way Come hell freezing over, that they would involve Nigel Farage in the leave process. There's no, there's no way they would they'd, they'd have him on board. No matter how much he campaigned for leave, and how much he's been the, the loudest proponent of leave, and you know, for the past fifteen twenty years, there is no way they'd have had him anywhere near it. Boris Johnson, I get the feeling you are correct in that he didn't think they were going to win. This was a political thing. So that after the after the the uh, vote, uh, Cameron would probably. Have to go. It would increase his standing and maybe become leader. The reason I, don't, I think he hasn't stood is because he realised he couldn't win, and there was no point in yeah he was he wasn't going to get he wasn't get voted. He you know, his main um, ally Michael Gove basically turned on him and stood for prime minister himself. So there's no point in him winning, him him standing. Um, Gove hasn't cut and run. He lost. He got you know he tried to. He tried to become prime minister to enact the vision. He's the only one I think who truly, leave. he's the one I, I have the most confidence in. Wanted to leave and wouldn't wouldn't uh, backslide on it, but he wasn't going to win. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, the, I, I I don't think they've they've done a runner because they can't. You know, they, now 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 the votes in, they don't know what to do. I don't think any of them would have had any. Yeah, They didn't have any say in what was going on. The other one who, who had the best chance of actually being in a position to do anything, Gove, lost. I think David Cameron leaving, is that's more of an example of cutting and running. Um, I personally think it's disgraceful that, that David Cameron had no exit plan because he's the only one who should have and could have had a realistic exit plan. The leave side were not government. They're a cross-party member of Labour, UKIP, Conservative, and even some Greens, and they couldn't say, we're going to do this because they're not in power. They couldn't do it. The only people who had any power to do anything if it was voted leave was the actual UK government who, were vote- who, wanted- who really wanted Remain, and they had no plan, and that's on them. That's not on the people making the case for leaving. That's on the, p- the cases who are running the country who should have a contingency in place, but they were so complacent and, and sure they were going to win, they didn't have anything in place.
0: Yeah, I guess for, well, so I wouldn't say it was cutting and running. I think it was, in, in my view, he just, he certainly used it for political gain. Obviously, he's the one who proposed the referendum, um, but he was for the Remain camp. But I think what happened was that he was trying to, to gain a little bit of time uh, and, you know, get the three months that he could get and get the country to, uh, to to pull itself together in those three months. I'm not sure it was as, uh, you know, abandoning ship as maybe no one is right. in abandoning ship. Maybe everyone is in this incredible situation that they didn't think was going to happen uh, for most of them, and they're now trying to figure out how the hell to handle it.
1: Um, yeah, um that's probably a bit unfair on Cameron to so say he was kind of running, but mm. I, I think. I well, do think he he doesn't want
0: to, have have to do with it. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. That I, I would agree
1: is. Uh, is and I understand. Right. I understand that. Well, I, 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 in his position, I don't think anyone would trust. You know, he couldn't be trusted. I'm not saying he wouldn't do his best job, but I think there'd be two. You know, I think his previous um, trips to Europe to try and negotiate things haven't gone particularly well. So uh, he's not really come back with anything that. Had any value, so I don't think he could have. You know, I don't yeah. think he could realistically could have argued for the leave, uh, yeah, the terms of leaving.
0: All right. Um, last question, uh, and then I'll I'll leave you alone and let you go and stop harassing you horrendously. Um, That's okay. The the there's definitely a feeling that some people who voted leave, as I said, I think some of them were misled, and some of them didn't understand exactly all of the consequences maybe they thought that some of it was definitely justified some of it was not uh you know but some of it they didn't realize we've seen a few uh testimonies of people who just voted as to make a political point and to send a message to the to the establishment some people um said that they didn't realize it meant they couldn't go spend their retirement in in France in the house they They uh, had bought, you know, because they are going to need a a visa and stuff like that now. Um, Some silly and sad things like people saying, I want to go with my dog somewhere. And they say, well, (laughs) tough. You can't because now it's it's not as easy to make a dog go. Anyway, these kinds of things. I think there's old dogs aside, there's a lot of people who woke up the next day, with a hangover in the in the leave camp. Um, so first of all, two questions. First of all, do you think that's true or is that a perception of the remain camp? And second of all, if it is true, do you think that the referendum happening, a second referendum happening today, which is not going to happen, it's just a theoretical question, would that go the same way again? Would there be? Wouldn't there be at least two percent or five percent of the people who change their vote from the Leave camp?
1: Well, I think that's perception of the Remain side. In all okay. honesty, I, I, I haven't, yeah, you know, again, uh, speaking from anecdotal experience, I haven't met a single person who has anything other than, uh, I don't know how to phrase it, uh, ecstasy about the result. Most people who you know, maybe I just that's, just that's just who I know, but I don't know anyone who's had any misgivings. I know that you know, I know this stuff in the, the the news, there are certain people who had misgivings and yeah, maybe some people did did not realise what they were getting. Um, but then that seems to be the case in pretty much any democratic process. There are people who don't know what they're getting and they just vote for whatever their, their reasons are. Um Well on it's the usually
0: not it's it's usually not the most important question in fifty years. I think that's, you know, in, in, that's a little bit different. It's even more important. There is no more important political decision in any, you know, in the UK for sure, in decades. So I don't think it's it's fair to equate it to another, you know, an election, a presidential election or whatever, these kinds of things, right?
1: No, my point is in any democratic process, this is going to happen. And there isn't, you're always going to have people who, there isn't anything you can really do about that other than not hold elections or the election. You know, like I know the argument has been, this is too big an issue to let people decide on. I'm obviously not in that, in that camp. I think it's a constitutional issue, which is when referendum are actually their most useful and when they should be, they should be, uh, should be held. Um, Both sides were appalling in terms of their campaigning. None of them were, I don't think of any, any value or use in the thought process. A lot of people went, I think Instinct and gut instinct, which I believe is mainly a sovereignty thing, as I've said earlier. um I think that's what it came down to. People had to make what is essentially a gut, a gut decision on 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 it in a lot of cases. And uh, you know, some some people, let's say, probably did vote, thinking they, they weren't going to, it wasn't going to win. I'm sure there's people who voted, um you know, remain who thought thought things were going to be, or people who didn't vote at all who thought just thought remain were going to win. Mm. Um, well, yeah. It's, in terms of your question about whether it was held again I think that somehow a second referendum was winning. I actually think the it would increase now that's again that's more my just uh, guesswork but based but you on you think the leave would increase yes okay, I do I think there'd be a backlash against being asked to vote again because one of the things that's always been thrown at the EU in the, from the UK is how whenever a vote doesn't go the way the eu likes people are made to vote again and if they did that in the uk i think that would that would get a backlash that would increase the leave mm. I, that's 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 a, that's a gut feeling but you know i i know how how people can get you'll really get their backs up about something like that if, you know it's i think asking the, i to vote again would would give i think the leave people even more ammunition mm. okay to start you know like the, 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 the French and the uh, the Irish situation on the Lisbon Treaty is is the classic example that's that's used. Yeah. And if it happened, that's that's why I don't think they'd hold it again because you know uh, yeah no and I the don't, UK I don't has been think... promised a referendum a number of times and by the, by politicians and never got it. So to then you know, after like fifteen years of people saying we want a referendum to then turn around and say, Oh, you got the wrong answer. Do it again. I don't, I think there'd be an absolute, you, you think people don't trust the establishment now, which, which I don't think they do. That would, that would basically light a new fire under the moment. I think.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that has, as I was saying, it has been highly educational. So thank you very much for, for agreeing to come on the show and discuss these things with, with me. Um, and hopefully, um, Educate a few other people, other than me, as well. Um, is there any any place, anything you want to promote? Anything you want to say, or are you happy just remaining anonymous? And uh...
1: no, I, I I have nothing to promote. Okay, <laughs> I wish I okay. did.
0: It was just a, a a very valuable public service that you performed. So uh, thank you very much. Very yes, I
1: I, I thought it, I thought I needed a good attacking uh, on social media, so I thought I'd come online <laughs> <come> on <laughs> and and voice my but well, probably not very popular opinions in the social media world.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for doing so. I'm, I'm, Definitely, I definitely think we're all uh, better for it. Um, so that's going to be it for this uh, small follow-up episode. Um, it is, this one is not part of the Patreon uh, paid quote unquote paid episodes, but uh, if so, because I think it's a follow-up to the previous one, I think both of them together form kind of a whole. So I'm not going to make this one uh, register on Patreon as well. Uh, however, if you think that there is some value to, to this show, um, if you think it's a, uh, an interesting part of your month when it comes up. And uh, if you think that you might be willing to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash the Phileas club and become part of the wonderful patrons that make this show possible. Um, I, I I often say that, you know, this show is, is not a show to argue. I know we argue and discuss things on the show a lot, but I think the main value of the show is to listen to what people have to say and ideally to listen to what people you don't agree with uh, have to say. And uh, too often in our world, in our you know social interactions, in the media, it's it's either we listen to people that we agree with or when people we disagree with say something, we're not really listening, are we? First of all, often because... Because the way the media is structured, they, they're they shouting, so it's hard to listen to. And uh, all, also because we just don't like listening to things we disagree with. So hopefully in, in this show, we present things in a way that is uh, uh, interesting, entertaining, and, and fun and, and casual enough that you get a chance to, uh, to hear from different people. That's the goal anyway. And uh, if you think it does that a little bit then I've accomplished my goal. So thank you very much for uh, contributing. If you do, and if you don't, thank you for listening. Uh, again, the biggest thank uh, thanks goes to uh, Hayden. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, for willing to take that step, for taking the risk. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, whatever happens, we'll be back in a few weeks with another regular episode. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja. We're, I'm not Patrick on Twitter, not Patrick on Facebook. And the show is available at frenchspin.com. Talk to you next time.